0: We really should move on from Skype. Yeah.
1: I do feel like, uh, is it still recording?
0: It's recording now. Yeah. yeah. Great.
1: Um, we're starting a new segment this season called get your shit together. And I was going to start with something else, but, um, three looked- time award <laughs> recipient of, uh, <laughs> of the, what, well, what, what, the follow your star award, yeah. like the negative follow your star award was Skype. It-
0: It it, honestly got only recorded 43 seconds and then just fucking stopped. Yeah. Skype, get your shit together. Fan fucking Tastic. Trying to say. Oh my God. That that is phenomenal. We've been talking for 20 fucking minutes about real life shit. And Skype is just like, well, you know, why, why, I mean, fucking A, man. Oh, hell's bells. Okay, Well, anyways
2: no but um that that math class I took actually went through and taught you um and it it actually applied math to real life, so like how to like calculate percentage and interest rates like if you're you know getting a loan or how to work out the financing when you're getting a car, how to figure out yeah. like the cost of like retiling your kitchen you know, because of, you know, figuring out, you know, how much tile you're going to need and blah, blah, blah. You know, and then it went into a little bit of gambling with, like, some stats and probability. and.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, wouldn't schools just be a lot easier if they just taught finance classes and maybe, like, you know, construction or home remodeling classes? Instead of, so like, hey, let me show you this math where you got to solve for a. If b plus two equals
3: c, like unless you're a math teacher, why do you need to learn that shit? I don't know. I use I use algebra a
1: lot, actually.
3: In what? What what do you use it for? What what do you use algebra for? I
1: just like like if I need to figure out how many, let's say, how many bulletins I need to print, or, um, you know, how much uh, gas I can put in my car
0: to not run out of gas if I just want to put a little bit in. But isn't that just um, simple arithmetic? Well, yeah, I think I think algebra is simple arithmetic
1: personally, but Yeah,
0: but I'm, I'm like about- I'm not using
1: trigonometry in my everyday life for the most part or or even
0: well not a little bit of geometry.
1: Cuz like you use geometry to um like if you're arranging your house or whatever, make sure you got enough space.
0: Yeah, but, but not 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 A equals B plus C and shit. Like, not I mean, like give me give me yeah, actual not fucking.
1: That
0: yeah, give me fucking numbers. Things. Like, tell me, like, okay, if, if if you know if if Joe has thirty congregants in his church, um, and you know two of them can't read, I need twenty eight fucking, uh, you know, brochures. Right. That's, arithmetic. Like, that's, that's like,
1: arithmetic. so sometimes I'll need like half sheets. And so I need to print half the number of half sheets
0: as full of things. Fractions, so fractions good, are yeah. absolutely important. I will support the uh, use of fractions in life. One hundred percent. I feel like I,
1: I personally use like I try to, I try to use the quadratic equation in my life just to like, yeah, uh, uh, which is like, um, what is it? x equals negative b plus or minus the square root of four squared minus two uh, a c all over four uh, a or whatever. That doesn't sound right, but... No, um, it, no it doesn't. I
0: couldn't no admit. One,
1: yeah. You know what I'm yeah. actually thinking of? It's not the quadratic equation, it's the uh, just the hypotenuse calculation. Because I'm trying to find the shortest distance between two points a lot. Which is just A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Oh, Much simpler. <laughs> uh, well, dumb. Uh, I'm, I'm also, I just drank like half a bottle of wine in the first 20 minutes of this episode.
0: Fucking classy, bro. Well... For for those of you who don't know, because the last 20 minutes of our fucking podcast didn't record, thank you, New Year. Uh, we have a third person here with us. We have uh, a returning guest. Uh, if you guys haven't, you know, figured out who it was, either by the title of this uh, episode, the description of the episode, or his voice in general. Uh, you know, Clint, uh, an old friend, a longtime friend. Apparently, he has a second, second job. Him.
1: What's up? I said the vengeful Jedi himself.
0: That's true. That's true. Yep. He, that's from this time. Former, former host of, uh, Geek Dig Pod. Uh, loved host up, the host of Rain Pong. Yeah. Yeah. i don't
1: yeah. Pay attention, even though I was reading something else. <laughs>
0: But Clint is kicking off the new season here with us. Um, me and Clint, uh, we're talking for a little bit over the last couple of days about getting him on, and we're able to make it work to get him on today. Uh, we talked a little bit about ADHD uh when we first got on. One question I didn't get to ask, which I'm glad I didn't ask because the recording didn't happen, so fuck yeah. How do you test for ADHD? Is it like, uh, they take your blood and run a test? Is it like, you know, they give you like a packet to read and answer questions? Like, is, is there, is there a test for ADHD or ADD that schools could do to determine if people have these kind of learning, you know, issues?
3: Not, not
2: really a standardized test, but there are tests and assessments that y- you can, you know, that you can go for and do through mental health professionals. So like a therapist or a psychiatrist or whatever. Um, I'm sure school counselors and whatnot have the tools to.
0: Yeah. But, but you how, know, do to they, test how do they, how do they determine? It, it, how is it determined? Is it like what, what is the test? Like it's just like somebody yeah. talking to you, so, and they just make the realization like after our twenty minute conversation, I determined that you have a d h d or is there things that they have to do to determine that, like like is it a blood drawn test is it you know is is it a handwritten test, are they just staring at you, waiting for your eyes to shift and wander <laughs> out the window? It test how many times you look away, right, yeah, fidgety. Like 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 what, what exactly, I mean you guys you both Testing said you had ADHD? started
1: fidgeting. Yeah. Started you, playing drum with pencils.
0: Right. You both said you had ADHD. How did? what test did they give you to determine you have that?
3: Clint, would you like to go first or you want me to go? Um,
1: you can go. Um so for me, I did one of the, I, I probably will eventually do a more, in my mind, legitimate test. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the healthcare system I'm part of is like super backed up right now. So I, mm-hmm. I'm waiting until it clears, but, um, I did one of the, just the regular online places that'll probably be sued in a couple of years for over diagnosing people. Um, but, uh, um, uh, what I did was basically I answered three different questionnaires, and the idea is if you there there's a certain number of criteria that the d s m five which is the diagnostic diagnostic manual for for psych evaluations yeah. um there's there's a certain number of criteria that if you hit like like say there's fifteen of them, if you hit like seven of that or eight of that, then you probably have this disorder. And so they have these tests that uh, I think there were three tests. They were 10 to 15 questions each. And based on my answers to the questions, uh, that was what allowed my my I think she was a professional nurse practitioner, which means mm-hmm. she's a nurse who can also diagnose things and, and and prescribe medication Um, allowed allowed her to say, OK, yes, I think you have it. This is the medication I recommend because of, you know, this other medication you're on for anxiety. Um gotcha. So, yeah, so it's just like, you know, and, and the, the main issue that I as I understand it, is whether or not it affects your life. So like a lot of adults have trouble getting diagnosed because they have spent their whole lives learning how to cope with this thing. And so doctors will look at them and be like, well, we really don't want to give you this legal meth because it's meth. Even though it's legal, we don't want to give it to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless it's like seriously affecting your ability to do your job. We we don't want to diagnose you with this with this disorder, um. So yeah, I'm not sure how that goes, but. I got you. I'll shoot,
0: Clint. What what did they do for you, man?
3: Well, for me, I
2: was I at the time I was having regular sessions with the therapist and mm-hmm. a couple of. Couple of my friends, actually Hawkeye and Remy, my brain pong co hosts. They brought it up a few times and they're like, dude, when are you just going to admit that you have it? I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I'm going to, I'll admit it when I'm told I have it.
3: Yeah. And they're like, just bring it up to your therapist. So brought it up to them. Um, well, what I did first,
2: before I brought it up to him was I actually looked up all of the diagnostic criteria for it mm-hmm. and I kept a journal for a couple of weeks and i- wrote down instances of you know all of the associated
3: you know symptoms and related events and things so at the Next
2: session, I gave it, you know, I gave it to him and, you know, he looked everything over and he just had a few other questions for me. And he's like, yeah, you definitely got it. Nice. And, what? but because he was a therapist, he can't, he couldn't prescribe medication. So I ended up going to my primary doctor mm-hmm. and on based on his recommendation. Now here's the funny
1: part. Okay.
2: When I went in and I told him, you know, he asks why I'm there and I told him, you know, Hey, I just found out I have ADHD and, uh, you know, he's a therapist. He can't prescribe medication. So he told me to, you know, approach you for something. And plus given other health issues and stuff that I have, you know, I would rather that anything prescribed come from him anyway. And sure. so I, I mentioned to him, I have ADHD and he's like, Oh, I already know, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, how the, I was like, how the hell do you know? I was like, wait, I was like, did he call you? And he's like, no, dude, it's been on your chart for years. And I'm like, wait, so somebody was anybody gonna, in
1: your past diagnosed you, but didn't give you any diagnosis.
2: A school, a school counselor told my parents. And they never said anything because, tell you,
1: man. you know, games, it was, dude. it was
2: seriously, dude. It was, you know, cause it was the eighties. There was, you know, the, like you were talking about, like with the whole stigma yeah. with, you know, medicated kids, you know, like kids running around hyped up on Ritalin and everything, you, you know, they didn't want me to be a part of it. Plus I was, I was still an honor roll student at the time too. Right? So I guess, I guess my parents just figured that I was going to grow out of it.
0: Like, like, so uh, your parents are probably like, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. My,
3: well, pretty
0: much. Because, because I mean, if you're on the honor roll in school, diagnosed with ADHD, if they were to tell you, hey, Clint, sit down, boy, let's have a talk. Your counselor just told us that you have a, 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 a I don't know if it's a concern, a learning disability or whatever, but you have you have ADHD. So you know, let's see what we could do for it. And then you know, is, would that have affected you? Do you think, as a student, would that have affected you? thinking, like maybe like it, it like because I what I no you're it would have.
2: Honestly, I think it would have had a very minimal effect, if any, on my academics.
3: At least because, in high school, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because you know, because I, you know, was already a
2: decent student but, mm-hmm. you know, had I known about it, there there could have been other tools and resources that I could have used that could have strengthened what I was doing, that could have, yeah. you know, maybe taught me a couple different ways, you know, and Hey, maybe I could have done just a little bit better and I would have had, you know, scholarships grant, you know, I, I could have had other, other opportunities open
3: up, Hmm. Um. you know, but there's, there are other, I mean, there are other factors other than just like academically, mm-hmm.
2: like, like I have, there's something that can coincide with, uh, with ADHD, or I guess it's kind of a general thing, but they're called comorbidities.
3: Yeah.
2: And there's one specific uh to ADHD and it's a little bit more on the emotional side. Um I guess it but it's um,
1: Yeah. Is it going to be rejection sensitivity dysphoria? Hell
3: yes. Yeah. Same, brother. Dude, what is Dude, it I it's
2: um basically it's a huge solid like this huge fear of like Being, like, criticized, rejected, abandoned.
3: Judged. Yeah.
1: yeah. For me, that was, like, one of the, the, like, the final straw for me for deciding to pursue a diagnosis was, like, I've been working in this job for four years. This pandemic has been going on, and I haven't been able to do my job as well as I could because of the pandemic. And like there's things that I want to do and I want to accomplish and I simply don't have the confidence to do them because I'm so afraid of how people will react. You know, and so it was like this this Mm -hmm. this fear is holding me back. I really need to get the diagnosis so that I can stop so I can get a medicine that helps me stop being afraid. And like I was already on anxiety, like uh, for me, my my process, like also same was an honor roll student um if i had gotten a diagnosis earlier i probably would have gone from like 13th to top 10 so like not a huge difference um you know went went to to college made it through for the most part there's a couple of classes i probably would have done better in in undergrad maybe i wouldn't have changed majors who knows um but I, I ended up, I, I, I didn't really break until I got to grad school where because it's this, uh, you know, I, I think everybody knows I'm a pastor. I went to this, um, this university that was a, um, uh, oh, oh, while I was there, they shifted more toward the evangelical end of the, the sort of Christianity spectrum. And, uh, I ended up like, like when I, when I first got there, I was like, You know, everyone's going to know that I'm just by looking at me, they're going to know that I was raised Catholic. They were going to know that I wasn't part of this particular denomination. They're going to they're going to know that I wanted to be an engineer before I wanted to be a pastor. And they're all going to judge me for it. They're going to hate me because of of this person I I, I was going coming in. You know, I I didn't believe I could bring my whole self. And so I showed up to uh, I, I think my my second semester, I actually got forced to start therapy or else they were going to kick me out of the school because my grades had gotten so bad at that point. And um, my therapist at the time was, and even now she, she struggles with this idea that I have ADHD because she's, she's like 63, 64. And she has it in her head that ADHD is, um, you know, she, she thinks of her kid who, who roll, who one time during church rolled underneath all the pews up and down the whole sanctuary and she was like, but he never got diagnosed. He was just an energetic kid, and that's how he paid attention. And I'm like, that's not what ADHD is, you know. Um, but anyway, she um, uh, she basically helped me work through a lot of the anxiety and a lot of, like, fear of judgment and stuff. But, you know, once you graduate and you're not in – it, it was really the the loss of social systems and social support that I had because I was very close to all of my friends – Back in Lafayette before I moved to Chicago, and it took me a long time to make friends again in Chicago because, like, once you're out of high school, it's hard to make friends. That's just the reality of it. And so, um, you know, it just, it just took me a while to find my group, my people to hang out with. And then you graduate from, from graduate school, and now you've got to make friends all over again. And they're all, you know, basically twice my age in my congregation. And because you're the pastor, you can't really be friends with them because there has to be this distance that allows them to be able to come to you with their problems. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know. It just kind of all fell apart for me for a little while there. And so I was just like, well, let's finally get this diagnosis and then maybe things will start to get better. And they have, they've gotten a lot better.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All Long story short, yeah. they have gotten better because I got the help that I needed.
3: I, for a
2: a long time, I I would have these really vivid nightmares. And they were things like I would wake up, I dreamed that I woke up, and I was completely alone, like everybody in the world was missing. And, you know, I would eventually find... You know, some clue to where everybody was at, and then I'd go there and just to find out that, you know, nobody had the heart to actually kill me, but they wanted to keep me separated from everybody. So yeah, they all went so... to where I couldn't. Then I, and this 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 one was actually kind of funny. Um, I had a I had a dream that my really good friend Hawkeye tried to kill me. That he actually Man. put out a cop. That he actually put out a contract to have me killed. Oh, and two, Jesus. and two, and two of my other friends, um, accepted the contract. One of them, you know, he and his wife, you know, were going through a hard time financially at the time and they took the contract for, you know, because they needed the money. The other one, he was engaged to be married and he took the contract to pay for the wedding.
1: Sure, as you do. Yeah, <laughs> when you're the friend so, when you're yeah. the friend of an ADHD person living in their imagination.
0: How uh, yeah? How, how yeah. much? So he? How much, Clint?
1: I don't remember the amount, he, he but enough, when they have to feed their kids and have a wedding.
0: Are you kidding yeah. me, man? Let me let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question real quick, Clint. And, um, hold on, let me th-
2: I, think I think it was. Like, I th- I want to say I think it was like ten k. Okay. That sounds about
1: right. That sounds about right.
3: <laughs> okay. I'm, pr- I'm pretty mean, sure that's
1: what it costs on the dark web. Yeah. So what's the going rate for a non-political assassination? <laughs> well, before inflation, I think it was 10 K.
0: <laughs> Let me ask you this, Clint, um, because it's it's weird because one, one of the things I thought about talking about was uh, a conversation I had with, uh, a fellow podcaster, Morgan. She uh, co-hosts, uh, Babes of Lore. Uh, we talked about it uh, quite a bit on this show over the last couple months about um, this idea I have of being an uh, emotional overthinker mm. and and how uh, I, I don't really ever want to consider myself like a pessimist. I don't want to think that the worst is fucking out there that nothing's ever going to get better. I don't. Uh, I've been blessed over the last couple months to have my life start going in the right direction both financially uh career wise just emotionally better um but uh i always have these conversations with people like about other people people that you know the new friends relationships and shit like that and for some reason i don't know what it is but I, I seem to be able to read people fairly well and i can kind of tell getting to know somebody if they're you know somebody you know worth hanging out with somebody not and shit um just based on how they act uh but we're looking anyways But uh, me and Morgan were talking about perspectives because her whole podcast is based on supernatural the tv show and uh we're talking about the uh the um bloody mary episode about you know somebody saying Bloody mary and then the mary girl coming out and killing the people and shit and from different perspectives, you know, normal people look at it as like, oh, Mary is killing people who have killed people. Um, to where I see it differently. I see it as Mary is killing people who have guilt over the death of people. Uh, because when you, whoever you talk to, and I don't, I don't, Clint, I don't know if you ever seen Supernatural Joe. I know you haven't. Right. Um, but there's one I've
2: of, seen a couple episodes. It wasn't for me.
0: Gotcha. Well, you know, whatever. Fuck you, dude. uh It's a good <laughs> show. <laughs> hey, the episode
2: that that I saw had to deal with like clowns and shit, and I don't do that.
0: Uh, gotcha. Now, clowns <laughs> are a little freaky, but pers- uh, but perspectives. Um, what I want to ask you, Clint, because I want to look at your dream in a different perspective. So, when you looked at your dream, what did you think of your friends taking out a contract to kill you? Well, do you perceive that dream? Well, in my mind, I was able to.
2: I was I was able to be okay with uh, my buddies Remy and Altie who accepted the contract, for some for whatever reason.
1: <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, because, I it cracks me up because like I, as you're talking to me about it, I'm like, yeah, man, my self worth is low enough that like if somebody needs to kill me to feed their kids, by all means, if they're good friends of mine, they should do it. Dude, that's exactly
2: it. And I've actually helped I've actually helped them like in in real life with things before. Yeah, of course. I've
3: I've helped them with money. They're the people
2: who don't reject you. Yeah. And I was like if I was like if I have to you know, if I have to die in order for his kids to, you know, be able to eat and continue their education and things like that, I was like, okay. I was like, you know, they're gonna live a lot longer than me anyway. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Um, I was pissed. I was really pissed off. I was so really relatable. pissed off at my buddy Hawkeye. I was so pissed <laughs> at my buddy Hawkeye for putting out the
1: contract. Yeah, yeah, that's be good. Like, it doesn't help him at all. Like, if it helped him in some way, it'd be great. He'd be fine with it. But, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's just the rejection on that one. Yeah, and I remember, I remember the like the next day, like
2: we were in Discord and we. Just happened to be in the same voice chat, and he was like, "Oh, hey Jedi, how you doing?" I was like, and immediately I just snapped. I'm like, you know what? Screw you, dude."
3: <laughs> well, and look, he's let's... like, wait,
2: he's like, okay, real life. No, this is real life.
3: Oh no. And
2: yeah, and he's like, okay, what the hell did I do to you? I was like, you put out a contract to fucking have me killed. And he's like, wait, he's like,
3: you? He's like, you had another nightmare, didn't you? Yeah, and the whole thing was,
2: well, just from the conversation, at least what we
3: came up with was that I had this, like, fear that, you know, people don't want me around, that they're... You know, that that they feel that,
2: you know, they're happier and better off without me around, they just don't want to actually say anything.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm. I mean I go back and forth with that. N-
0: not not so much now,
2: but yeah. well, that's where my mind would go
0: a lot in the past. Well, let me let me let me throw this by you, Clint. So um you say you don't really know what the what the amount was for you, but you're thinking it was like ten thousand dollars. About that, yeah. Okay, cool. To you, is $10,000 a lot of money?
3: It could do me a lot of good. Okay, so there's value in that much money. For
0: you, $10,000 has value to you. So could you look at that dream as if it wasn't, you know, somebody playing a hit on you to kind of you know, get rid of you, but maybe subconsciously you're telling yourself that that there is a value to you, and it just happened to come across as a contract for your life. I mean, I'm like, I'm, like I'm no is,
2: professional dream interpreter, but
0: that I what, guess that's what, a possibility. You get what I'm saying, right, Joe? You get what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah. I'm tracking. I'm tracking with right, you. Like yes. here's. Yeah, I, I actually with well, with that on, I so want to jump me, off me, and let me, ask another let question. Me talk, let me talk for a second. Let me finish my thing. Oh yeah, then, sure, sure, sure. sorry. In. So, if somebody was, to, if you were to have that same dream, and your Hawkeye bud, uh, you know, said like I'm putting a contract out on Clint's head of ten fucking dollars, you'd probably subconsciously think like I'm worth a little more than fucking ten dollars, you know. So ten thousand dollars is a lot of fucking money. So I would think about looking at it that way, Clint. It's like. You're you're trying trying to tell yourself like there's a value to you. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah,
1: I was just gonna say, you know, if so, you have two friends after you. Was it ten thousand total, or was it ten thousand per friend? Because then you're worth twenty oh, thousand in your go. subconscious. Uh, it was ten thousand to the first person who pulled off the
2: jab.
0: Ah, all right.
2: That's still a well, lot of money. I'm not. It's
0: it's, still, it's valued at a lot of fucking money, Clint. It is. Right. So I'll look at it that way for now. The so next time you have that fucking dream, there you go.
1: Yeah, to any friends of mine who are thinking about killing me for $10,000, uh,
0: team up. Take five apiece. It's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't go solo with <laughs> it. You'll make it a group thing, you'll make it an outing.
1: Yeah, man. Honor, honor me that way by being, really be my friend by killing me for only $5,000.
0: Clint, uh, t- talk, talk about, uh, hmm. so, so we mentioned that, uh, Geek State Pod is no longer around, but you do host a podcast currently off of Twitch. Uh, we didn't get that in the, uh, we yeah. didn't get that recorded. So let's, let's start, let's start there here. What is the name of your new show and what's it about? Okay. Uh,
2: the new show is called Brain Pong. And, uh, we broadcast, uh, live every other Saturday on Twitch.
3: Uh, usually around okay. 6 p.m. Central. Okay. Like between 6 and 6.30. Uh, you
2: know, it depends on how late I get off of work usually. But, um, really it's about ADHD um myself and my two co-hosts uh Hawkeye and Remy all and there used to be a fourth co-host our buddy Skippy but he had to back out cuz of some personal yeah. some personal uh, life situations going on but it was the four of us and talking about ADHD and how we deal with it from the adult male perspective because a lot of the media out there has to do with Like, if you listen to a lot of the podcasts and, you know, read a lot of the blogs and things like that, so much of it is centered around, you know, children. And then some of it, you know, focuses on on females, you know, for some of it. But there really wasn't a lot of, you know, there really wasn't a lot of information or resources, you know, specifically looking at. How the adult male looks, looks at everything.
1: Sure. Well, you know, and I think uh, and and maybe maybe I'm wrong in assuming this or interpreting it this way, but um, I, I feel like a lot of ADHD diagnoses happen to kids who are male and they are the primary hyperactive. Right. We we uh during the recording that was lost, we talked about the three different versions of ADHD. There's primary inattentive, primary hyperactive and combination. And I feel like a lot of young boys get the hyperactive diagnosis and then they don't really go on beyond high school. They go into a trade or something and they're doing stuff with their hands that allows them to stay busy the whole time. And so. To a certain extent, there's this idea around ADHD that that says that men don't really need help as adults because they're in they're already in the trades. They're already doing things that allow them to have ADHD and be successful, whereas like those of us who are more inattentive or more combined, there's not a lot of resources for us because they're not looking for that, especially in young men. Yeah. Yeah. And.
3: I mean, I can see where they they'll look at like
2: a lot of boys, and they'll see, "Hey, um, you know, they're just they're just energetic.
3: They just have a lot of energy." You know, testosterone is a hell of a girl. Oh yeah, it is. You
0: know,
2: I think that plays into also. Uh, of a lot of people not getting diagnosed, that it's just or like or even screened or tested for it. That hey, they're just uh, you know, oh, they're just full of energy. That's all, you know. But you know, still goes down a lot of the same you know path and uh, the same end results as like what you were just saying. You know, that they're able to take that energy and they're Able to kind of, you know, harness it and focus it into a a trade of some kind.
1: Yeah, and I well, mean, it's, it's not always hyper, a trade, but I hy- feel like a lot of the time it yeah. is. Oh.
2: Oh, yeah. Hyper is a wonderful thing. Oh, it's the shit, man.
1: I I think <laughs> hyper focus is why I was an honor student because like I was I was super into everything they were teaching me and a big part of that too i think was the uh, you know you you bring in the reset, rejection sensitivity dysphoria and you say i really wanted my teachers to respect and value me and and think highly of me and so i did what i had to do to do that yeah you know and and on top of that i also found i mean there's not a there's not a topic on this planet i don't find interesting So far, I'm sure there's something, but mm-hmm. so far I haven't found it.
3: Yeah,
2: I uh, I remember it was one of my first semesters in college, and I remember being over at my mom's, and I basically like
3: sectioned off and blocked off the dining room. Oh, all right. and. It was like the week of finals. And, you know, obviously I stocked up on caffeine and a whole bunch of stuff. There and just cranked out like this final paper that I had to do for one class.
2: And nice. I just. Yeah, like, man. I just focused. And like, and at the end of it, I was like, wait a minute, it's been two days? Right. I was like, damn. Ended up getting I uh, ended up getting the best grade out of both of the sec sections of that class that the teacher taught that semester.
1: Yeah. Dope. And expected, frankly. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I wrote my I, I had a ma- I did decided to do a master's thesis as part of my master's degree, which is not expected or required for an MDiv most places. And I actually I wrote my it was a five chapter thesis and I wrote a chapter a night for a week, like literally the week it was due, because it was like my my advisor, my thesis advisor was like, I can't give you any more extensions. You have to get this done by this date. I was like, okay, And I literally just spent like like, okay. It's Monday, I'm going to write this chapter. It's Tuesday, I'm going to write this chapter. It's Wednesday, I'm going to write this chapter, so on and so forth through the end of it. And then, like, on Friday, I also went ahead and threw on the, the introduction, introduction and the conclusion and turned it in and was, like, done. Passed it. It was, it was <laughs> fine. I think I had to make a couple of revisions that bothered me, but it was fine. Worked out. <laughs> Yeah. No. So that's something. Yeah. The deadline is magic. That's great for ADHD people.
3: Oh, it is. Like, as much as you see, as much as with
2: you know people with ADHD, as much as we're creatures of habit. Yeah. Um. Now you. You give us a deadline you put us you, you put us under the time crunch, and
3: we can engage that hyper focus and just we we attack it like nothing else mm-hmm.
1: yeah uh i uh i asked for a lot of like wooden puzzles for Christmas like growing up, I really liked those things you could buy at the zoo where it would be like it's a dragonfly and you pop the little pieces out and you slide ah. them all together and and now you have a wooden dragonfly um, yeah I asked for for stuff like that for Christmas this year and I got like a um a like a marble machine where you twist a crank and it like moves the marbles through the system. And then I also got mm-hmm. one that's a train. And I literally, like, uh, I got home from whatever Christmas I was at. I have, uh, I, I, I routinely, routinely get my, both my parents are divorced and remarried. I have, like, between, oh, and my wife's also. So we have between five, four, and, and six Christmases a year to go to. And, uh, and so I came home from, from one Christmas and spent three days building one thing. And then I came home from the next Christmas and spent a whole day just doing the other thing. And, it was great. It was awesome. Uh, you know, During hyper-focus, you don't really need to eat. You don't need to sleep. You just need to do the thing that you're focused on. And then when you're done, you feel like shit. You feel very accomplished, but you're so hungry, and your legs hurt, and your back hurts. And it's great. Yep. It's, it's really the best thing ever. Oh, yeah. Well, one of these days, I'll probably have this awesome a blood it's... clot in my legs. <laughs> yeah but um the
2: the the thing with hyperfocus is as great as it can be for uh, I I I'll, I'll say this is kind of on the flip side for anybody who's neurotypical who like you know basically non ADHD mm-hmm. uh not ADHD, non autistic. Yeah.
1: Don't try things, to break. too big.
3: Don't yeah. True. Um don't try to break somebody out of their hyper focus. Um
2: it, it can be it can be pretty jarring and it can throw that person off for at least the rest of the day or for the duration
1: of whatever project they're working on. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was, uh when I was, I was doing the last one, I, I got like a, a, a model train to build or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife, who who is wonderful and she understands that like, this is the thing I deal with and, and hyper focus is good for me to some extent because it gives me a lot of dopamine and, and I enjoy it. But she was like, Hey, if you don't go eat soon, you're gonna feel like shit in like an hour when you don't when you haven't eaten, but you finished the train. And I was like, All right, fine, I'll reach a good stopping point and I'll go eat and then I'll come back and finish. Um But she was like she I she she started talking to me and I literally just put a finger up, and was like, I'm I am in hyper focus. Leave me alone. <laughs> hmm. And she was like, I know, but also you're gonna feel like crap in twenty minutes. I was like, ah all right, fine. We'll compromise. But yeah, I that's awesome, man. I'm really excited about your podcast. I might give it a listen. Um, no promises because frankly, as as you understand, my attention is mercurial. It's going to go where it goes. Yeah. And if I happen to listen to your podcast, great. If I don't, sorry. <laughs> oh, no worries. But uh, but I think it's great. I think it's wonderful you're doing that. I I really think that a lot of people are struggling with that. And I think you know even people who maybe are not necessarily genetically predisposed to the ADHD or are born with it, I think that that social media is such a um it's 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 a dopamine slot machine. And I think that a lot of people, whether or not they have ADHD, develop a lot of the symptoms just from the fact that, like, there's so much dopamine available on the Internet that it's hard to get dopamine from anywhere else in life. And so I think your your podcast might be a really great help, a really great resource to a lot of people.
2: It it can be, and that's honestly one of the reasons why we're doing it. Um there was an episode of Geek Dig that me and uh, Steve did. And we talked specifically about mental health and just kind of where our own personal struggles with it, you know, how, how it impacted our lives as far as, you know, being geeks and things like that. And I remember it was months later we got an email uh from somebody who they, you know, were trying to get caught up on episodes and they had just heard that one. And the email was talking about how it opened up his eyes to a lot of things that it also gave him the the courage to be able to go out and seek the, like the help and the counseling and things that, that he needed. He said that, you know, he was, you know, doing better with things and, you know, he thanked us for helping him. That to me was the greatest thing in the world. And that was one of the things I wanted to do with brain pong, because when we stopped doing geek big, I told myself that if I ever did another podcast, I wanted to do something where I'd be able to help people.
3: Yeah. Nice.
2: No, we always, you know, we always have the disclaimer that, you know, we're not mental health professionals. Uh We're just four grown ass dudes. Well, three now, but yeah. either way, we're just given our perspectives and our opinions. Um, You know, some of us are medicated. Some aren't, you know, some have certain tools, some, you know, some don't.
1: Yeah, you know, and look, and 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 here's my perspective, if you don't mind me sharing it is, um, you know, look, you you would as a man just speaking speaking to men, women, too, if this applies to you, but like, especially to men, because I think we are really bad at asking for help when we need it. You would with no problem go to a mechanic when your car needs maintenance. You know, every, every three to five thousand miles, you got to get an oil change, right? Every, yeah. every sixty thousand miles, you got to replace the belt on your, on your engine or, or whatever it is for your car. Maybe it's, maybe it's different. For my car, I think it's sixty thousand miles. Um, you know, uh, you would go to the gym to maintain your physique or go for a run or, or have a daily walking habit or, um, you know, try to eat right, whatever you you would maintain the mechanical aspects of your body. Why on earth, especially if you've got insurance to cover it, why on earth would you not do an oil change for your mind and go talk to a therapist or a psychologist or whatever, at least at least once a year or or every six months just to make sure that you're like you're not fucking crazy. You know, and I feel like I can say that as a person who's been in therapy for like eight years now. Um, I I feel okay saying like, look, I'm I'm a little crazy. I've been in therapy for eight years. I probably personally will never own a gun because I'm too afraid of using it on myself. That's that's that is a reality that I face in my life. Um, I don't know I, that I would shoot at anybody, but no, I've been me. told I by others. I don't think I shoot anybody else, just myself. If I had a gun in the house, personally, and that's uh, not everybody feels, feels like that, you know. For, that's why I'm I won't buy. That's, that's
2: why I won't buy knives or swords. Yeah, is because for me, I wouldn't shoot; I'd stab somebody.
1: Yeah, I totally get it. Well, because like you know, stabbing's like, potentially non-lethal. You can you can work out some aggression without actually killing anybody. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. That's maybe too far of a joke. <laughs> too, too dark. Too dark, Joe. Pull it back. It's 2023. We're trying to be happy this year. <laughs> we're 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 trying to take down Big Sad, like other people are taking down Big Pharma. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I I kind of joke about it because it's the way that I cope. But also, like, very seriously, like this is where I'm at in my life, and and who I am, and who I know I am. And I think other people are maybe in the same spot. And and I just want to say, like, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, there is absolutely no shame in talking to a mental health professional about what's going on. Um, personally, for me, you know, especially with like the rejection sensitivity dysphoria, I'm afraid sometimes to talk to other people in my life. Because I feel like there's an obligation on their part as as friends, as as people who are in the same social network to support each other uncritically. Whereas, like, if I'm paying somebody for a service, I expect them to be objective and neutral. And so personally, that's that's where therapy has been really good for me, even though I've become friends with my therapist over time and. And sometimes I think things are a little complicated by the fact that I'm about the same age as her kids. And so she like, she sees me as one of her kids. And I, I, you know, it might be time to move on soon because of that. I don't know. But, um, generally speaking, I pay this person a certain amount of money and they are supposed to be neutral. They're supposed to be objective. They're supposed to be able to help me just based on the facts that I am presenting to them. And so it helps me a lot. It helps me a lot to be able to be like, look, this is what I've got going on in my life. This is how I feel about it. What do you think? And they say, well, I'm a a mental health professional. This is what I think. And that helps me. It makes me feel like I'm not crazy, even though, you know, like objectively, diagnostically, I am not rational. I don't have rational ideas about the way the world works because I'm, you know, especially like, let's say, for example, when I lived on campus. I was afraid to even walk around the blocks sometime because I might have to run into somebody at Starbucks because there was a Starbucks right there and a lot of people frequented it and I didn't want to have to talk to people. God forbid I talk to people, you know, and so, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a totally irrational response to people who are not thinking about me, but I'm thinking about the fact that they're there, you know, go to therapy. It's good for you. You know, don't, Don't take my advice because I'm crazy. Take my advice because I'm crazy. You know, (laughs) don't don't let yourself get as broken as I did. Before you go, go before you break. If you if you go before you break, it's going to save you a lot of money, just like maintaining your car. If you go before your break, it's going to help you not break, just like your car. You know, you wouldn't not maintain your car. So please, I am begging you. I'm begging you on behalf of yourself and on behalf of society go before you break. Uh, a lot of therapists have a thing called a sliding scale where they won't charge you the full amount that they charge you. I know a lot of therapists they can charge like $250 an hour. Mine charges 60 because she knows I can't afford 250. And and 60 is a lot she would go all the way down to 30 if things were were worse. You know, and and you mm-hmm. can sometimes find like people who are studying to be uh, psychologists or therapists who will do it for even less because they're yeah. going to get paid from their organization for, for meeting hours.
2: That's actually how I'm currently doing it because of some other health issues that I had this past year. Yeah. Uh, my FSA ran out a lot sooner than than expected. For sure. And I couldn't I couldn't afford to keep going to where I was going. And so now my buddy Josh is, you know, is studying and in school to, you know, to be a therapist. And, yeah, yeah, he and I get together once a week and talk about stuff, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and and I'll just I'll throw this out here, too, you know, um, because I'm clergy, I feel like I'm comfortable doing this. You know, a lot of people, maybe they don't feel like going to a therapist because they they don't want to admit them to themselves yet that they have a mental block of some kind. You know, maybe maybe they're saying, you know, I'm not really anxious. I'm just I'm afraid of this other thing or, uh, you know, I, I don't want to interact with people or I'm afraid of of this or that. But like I, I don't I'm not crazy, so I'm not going to go to a therapist. That's fine. I would recommend to you um a process called spiritual direction. Which, you know, if there's a pastor you trust or uh, a person in your community who goes to a church that can connect you, maybe, I don't know, or maybe just Google spiritual direction. There are, are things called spiritual directors. They tend to charge a lot less than therapists. And, and their whole goal is the same as therapy uh, to, to some extent. It's to listen to you and to help you figure out, like, where in your life you can find the good things that you need. And maybe it's a good way to start. Maybe you can start with that and say, okay, you know, I I feel like I need to find the good in this situation I've got going on. And they're going to say, fantastic, um, you know, let's help you find that. And if they can't help you, they'll refer you to a therapist that they know. And it'll be somebody that because you trust the spiritual director – it'll help you trust the therapist. And I think that t- trust is such an important part of this whole process because if you, if you can't trust the person, it's not worth it. So, I don't know. I had, uh, soapbox, off my soapbox. That's all I had to say about it, I think. So, also, you know what? Actually, I have one more thing. If you need medication, hmm. take it. When you have a headache, you have no problem taking Advil or Tylenol or whatever else. Why hmm. on earth... Why, in God's good name, if you have a hormonal deficiency, would you not take something that corrects it? We, we have invented so many incredible medical techniques and medicines for fixing problems. You know, not all of them work for everybody. Not every, every medicine works for every person. But if you have a doctor you trust and a therapist you trust, you will typically find the treatment you need and it will help you. Yep. And that's – I think that's all I have to say about it right now <laughs> in short. Damn, no,
2: I I mean I can definitely back up on the, on the medication aspect of it because uh, for me uh, right now personally, I'm on 25 – milligrams daily of Adderall oh,
1: and nice.
2: if if I'm not on it it's it's a night and day difference I
1: wholeheartedly believe it yeah I'm on it's, um uh because I'm on an anti-anxiety that I should probably get off of in the future um mm-hmm. which it's been great for me don't get me wrong but um because I've realized that the root of my anxiety is probably my ADHD I should probably get off of the anti-anxiety because right now the anti-anxiety prevents me from getting on a stimulant, and so I'm on, I'm on a non-stimulant for ADHD called atomoxetine, which okay. don't get me wrong has been fantastic because it's a uh, it's a norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, and I I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. If your if your doctor or your therapist or your psychologist or whatever else recommends it to you, recommends it to you, by all means take it. Um. But I'm on it because I'm because I can't have a stimulant because I'm also on I think it's called sertraline for my anxiety, and and like both of them together could cause a heart attack. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and so like just atomoxetine is fine because it doesn't interact with the with the sertraline the same way that like Adderall would, for example. <laughs> um, but um. It's been great. I've really enjoyed the atomoxetine because what it does is is it 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 blocks your um hormonal receptors from basically picking up too much of the norepinephrine and norepinephrine is like one of the key ingredients for dopamine. And so what I have personally found is that when I take my atomoxetine, um if I'm good about it, like for example right now, I think I took my last dose today. So the next couple of days are going to be rough until I can get it refilled. Um but when i take it about 2 hours later everything feels awesome like literally like my my head starts to tingle and like caffeine feels fantastic another thing about adhd <laughs> is that caffeine is not normally effective on us i used to in high school mm-hmm. be able to drink a red bull and go to sleep and i would wake up super refreshed um but but uh, dopamine is is just, just fucking weird like that and so, like uh, with the atomoxetine, coffee is more effective. I feel more awake and more happy and more vibrant because of the atomoxetine. And I'm sure the Adderall would be even better in some extent to some extent if I could take it without the an anxiety potentially fucking me up. Um But yeah, so how, how yeah. have you dealt with the shortage mm-hmm. of Adderall? Has that been has that been okay for you so far?
3: Um,
1: when I've
2: when I've been short on it, um.
3: Well, I'll I'll start to get very very quiet. Yeah. Um. Mostly
2: because I just I start withdrawing from people because I know. I know what's happening, and I know what I'm capable of,
3: sure. and I
2: don't want to lash out or
3: or overwhelm
2: do. people with what you're excited about. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I don't want to be the person to
3: go into like a group chat or something and start
2: trying to interject and take control of the conversation or I mean honestly, I see a large like, well I say large, but it could be Five six people. I guess a group of people like in a voice chat, like in Discord or something. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much inclined to not go into that conversation, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's mainly because of the RSD, and you know I might feel like I'm not a place there, or I don't belong there, or if I do join, I might not get a chance to, you know, to say what I actually want to try to say, and you know, the mind starts doing its thing. But I tend to not go very long without it. Um, Honestly, I think the thing that helps is the fact that I'm also on bupropion, which is an antidepressant.
3: Oh, all right. Yeah, dope. And uh,
2: granted, they had to cut it in half when they put me on the Adderall, which was interesting.
1: Yeah, I bet. Well, because, like, antidepressants take, like, six weeks to come off of or go on to. Mm Hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: And yeah, going on to it, I knew was hell. Yeah. And I was
3: not looking forward to the Switch. Yep. But no, the So I think the
2: antidepressant helped take the edge off, but yeah, even when I feel like I don't want to be around a lot of people or anything, there are still a select couple people that I'm, you know, willing to talk to about whatever is going on, and I'll I'll be straight up with them. Like one of them, I know I keep bringing up my buddy Hawkeye, which. He he loves the TV show MASH. And that's kind of his whole branding. Ah, that's his, why he's Hawkeye. His Ocha, channel and Ocha. everything. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so.
1: I thought he was a big fan of Jeremy Renner.
3: Mm, nah, that that would be Remy. Yeah. but Oh,
2: fair. No, but. But actually, either, either of them, Hawkeye or Remy, I can go to either one of them. And I can just say, hey, uh, right now I'm without the Adderall. Or, hey, I'm feeling this and I've got this going on. And, you know, they'll, they'll help me deal with something, you know? Like, yeah. so if they see that I'm starting to go down a a certain brain path, they'll
3: you know, they'll interject and say something to try to bring me back or they'll try to get me out of a uh potentially stressful situation. For sure.
2: Like I found that if I uh if I'm not on my adderall, don't let me play mm-hmm. Call of Duty. They won't let you play Call of Duty? No, I won't
3: let (laughs) you play Call of Duty, but them especially won't either. Because it's because I have a very negative and self-defeating view of my uh, abilities in that game. Sure.
2: And yeah, but when I'm in, a, you know, when I'm in a proper headspace and everything, it's like, okay, well, I know I don't play the game a lot. I know I can, you know, practice and I can do this, that, whatever. No, no, if, if if I'm in, you know, my different frame of mind, then it's just like, oh, I suck and, yeah. you know, I should just uninstall this thing. I should just, you know... I should quit streaming because apparently I'm horrible at games. and You know, I I, like I'll start going down that That
1: could be really impactful for a Twitch streamer.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't that's why I don't stream that. Yeah. You know, but I start to generalize and I catastrophize a lot. Sure. And I'm not always able to reframe right away.
3: Right. Uh,
2: sometimes it takes a bit to kind of snap me back to the point that I can do that. But. Yeah, I just I I try to avoid certain situations that get me in. You know, that'll, that'll get me in trouble when I'm uh, like when I'm not on it.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Around but, uh,
1: around Thanksgiving, I forgot to get my atomoxetine renewed and just like. Every, every day that I wasn't on it was a little bit worse. And it got to the point where like I, I actually showed up for church on, on Sunday. It was, uh, uh, I, I had been, I think nine days off of it at that point because my, um, my, my provider wasn't available. Um, that's, that's just as a sidebar, one of the downsides to one of these, these online ones is that like you're, because your provider is very busy, it might not be easy to get in. Um, it's going to be easier at least, you know, compared to my hospital system to, to get the help. But, you know, cause it's not a two year wait list. It's like a week, but, uh, but she couldn't see me for another week or something. And, um, you know, I, so I, I go to, I, I ended up not even being able to write a sermon that week. And so I literally, when it came time to preach, I stood up and I said, Hey, look, here's the deal. I have been off of a, of an important medication it has been incredibly difficult for me to focus. I have not been able to motivate myself to do the things that I need to do. And the fact of the matter is that, uh, we're just going to attack this text together as best we can. So, you know, if there's something I say that re- resonates with you, by all means speak up. And, uh, you know, if there's, if there's something I say that doesn't resonate by all means speak up and we're going to get through this together. Um, but yeah, it just, uh, you know, it, for me, especially, um, you know, motivation is one of my biggest problems with with ADHD is that I just cannot get myself to do basic shit, you know. And and I think, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, what do you mean motivation? All you need is discipline. You just got to do the thing. And I'm just like, OK, look, I can understand that I need to do the thing. I can want to do the thing. I can need to do the thing. The thing might be getting up to use the fucking bathroom. But if I mm-hmm. don't have. The executive function to do that, I'm going to stay on the couch until it becomes urgent enough that I can get off, the, get up off the fucking couch. Unless I have something that allows me to fucking do it, which is what the med- medication does. Dude, that was my fucking
2: day today. Yeah. I, 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 like I, I, because I was, like I said, I was in the hospital on and off, like, you know, this, this past month. Yeah. Um, there was, Stuff, I'll, um, long, long story short, I had a blockage that was preventing me from, uh, free flow pissing, basically. Oh, I got you. You got, like, a kidney stone or something? Um, scar tissue from passing a kidney stone, actually. Ah, uh, classic. Yep. So, you know, they had to put in some stents and, you know, clear the blockages and things like that. Um, but then I ended up getting out of the hospital and then I ended up going back in because I ended up with a bladder infection and,
3: Ugh. oh, right, sorry,
2: but, not... but that, eh, thanks. But anyway, right now I'm going through a lot of follow-ups with like the urologist, the nephrologist, my, like my general doctor.
3: Sure.
2: And they wanted a home health nurse to come a couple of times just to, you know, just for updates to check things out. So I woke up this morning in just enough time for her to come over.
3: Nice.
2: Um, well, in enough time for me to listen to my voicemail before she came because I woke up to the voicemail that I missed a urology appointment yesterday. I had it written down that it was tomorrow. Yep. And I also have my general doctor, um, an appointment later that afternoon tomorrow. So I thought I had two appointments tomorrow turned out. Why wouldn't them you schedule them
1: for the same day? That sounds perfectly logical. Yeah. To me. yeah. And
2: yeah. apparently I didn't, but you know, then I, you know, I'm trying to deal with the nurse and then I'm trying to deal with rescheduling that appointment. And I'm, you know, like my mom was trying to help out, but being a little bit more of a hindrance at the time, <laughs>
1: and it just well I mean if she's having like my mom it's an ABCD EFG disorder and not like an actual fucking disorder like you know clearly the thing that would fix it is just getting your ass beat more
2: yeah but I just didn't have the I just didn't have the executive function to sit there and start writing everything down going through XYZ paperwork and like I just I needed to shut down for a bit, so I started watching uh, videos about uh, the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: There's lore in that? We don't have time for this, but I'm so intrigued.
2: The, well, because between between all the games and books and things like that, yeah. There's it, Five Nights at Freddy's books? There are. there There are novels and books.
1: I didn't know that.
3: Yeah, there's
2: yeah, uh, it's it, I the
1: mean, it's most of whole. to like an, an outside media source for that is um, uh, Willie's Wonderland, the fantastic Nick Cage movie. OK. I
2: haven't seen that one
3: yet. It's OK. It's not good, but it's great.
1: If that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, it does. The, the challenge he gave himself in that film was to not speak a single line of dialogue.
3: How could you not?
1: <laughs> he managed it. I, I think he maybe speaks like two or three, but he, for the most part, completely manages it. It's really, really impressive. And because Nick Cage is the kind of actor he is, he is so fantastic with all of the physical comedy of the of the thing and also the physical horror because it is a horror movie, um it's very much it's like a it's a haunted Chuck e. Cheese, um that kills all the people that go into it kind of a thing, mm-hmm. so it's fun it's a fun movie I think it's on Amazon Prime for free the last that that's where I watched it, um it's it's great okay so I'm gonna have to yeah. check that out
2: the because yeah. the last. Movie of his that I saw. What?
3: It was see I have to look it up because it's like some long weird name.
1: Yeah. So I love when he does random indie movies. So like um like Mandy was a really good one that he did.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh there the oh, it is. That That's the one, unbearable weight
1: of massive talent. Yeah, I need to see that still. That one was good. Nice. I love the concept of it. I think Nick Cage is one of the greatest actors of our time, but he just, um for a while there, just did whatever movie was available because he was spending all his extra money on dinosaur bones and a pyramid to be buried in. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he had to eat, so he did The Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> yep but no dude uh, I,
2: I I had to see that movie when I found out that, that it was uh,
3: him and Pedro Pascal who was the Mandalorian right I mean there was no way I was gonna miss that
1: that's why I need to see it I just haven't done, haven't done it yet so Travis, yeah, yeah. you've been quiet for a yeah, really long does. time. Is there? Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, or do you are you ready to move on to uh, to the things that need to get their shit together?
0: We <laughs> got time to do that. I don't know. Yeah, probably. No. See, here, here's the thing, Joe. And again, this is one of my uh, new season resolution is for you to be more involved. And I was okay thinking the backseat while you guys discussed uh, ADHD. Helped me learn more. And it gave you guys time to catch up as well. Uh, There is a couple of things. Um, Obviously, I do want to, you know, we have a new segment uh, of uh, Get Your Shit Together, which the best description of it is uh, we just pick uh, anything that's going on in the world or anything that we feel just needs to really get their shit together. And, uh, you know, we we talk about it for a little bit. Uh, Before we do that, uh, I should probably plug our sponsor since we didn't do that yet. Oh, yeah, that's important. It's very important. Uh, so, uh, Clint, I don't know if you still listen to our show or not, but, uh,
2: when uh, I get a been, chance
0: to, oh, that's amazing. So you yeah, haven't, what, in the last five years, nothing? <laughs>
2: uh, I find uh, the other I have listened to some. I just, I granted, I don't listen as frequently at, to
0: any podcast as much as I used
2: to. But you guys are one of the few ones that I still pull up.
0: You know, you kind of went with something like, uh, Travis, I would listen to your show more often, but to hear your voice but not actually speak with you hurts too much.
1: Speaking of rejection
2: sensitivity. I would have said that, but I I wouldn't have been able to say that without tears.
0: (laughs) Um. So CarterComics.com is a proud sponsor of Freakness Studios and of course a sponsor of this freaking show. It's your one stop shop for all your comic books, whether it be, uh, raw or graded. Uh, Carter Comics has so many titles to choose from and selections, not just on their website, CarterComics.com, where you can buy their comics, but also you can buy them on eBay, whether it be bidding or negotiating or buying them outright. There is a discount code FreakNet, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, which will save you 10% on your order, not just from their website of CarterComics.com, but also through the, uh, the eBay account. Uh, I actually talked with Joe about it, about, I think I threw this idea to you, Joe. If not, you're going to find out now anyways, but I spoke with Dougie while we're on our break and we might actually put together a comic book auction, uh, for facebook live oh yeah so uh we're gonna work out the logistics of it it's probably gonna be sometime in spring at the earliest if we do do, uh do get it done because uh we want to make sure we get everything done right uh i had a chance to go over to doug's i saw his inventory and there are so many comics there they're not all listed online as of yet um, so if you are looking for that certain comic to fill out a collection or even start a collection, if you reach out to them through the website at carter, CarterComics.com, they may have a comic that you've been looking for because they just have thousands of comics right there in their inventory. But, yeah, we'll be doing a, uh, a live auction on Facebook, on their uh, Carter Comics Facebook page, uh, where me and Cartoon Joe are going to host an auction uh, to sell their comics through there. So I'm excited to do it. Like I said, we got to figure out the logistics of this, but it's going to happen. Uh, because it's one of our ways we can give back to an amazing sponsor of not only FreakNet Studios, not only just Freak Wrestling, but of this freaking show. And that is CarterComics.com, your one stop shop for all your comic needs. Discount code FreakNet, F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, will save you 10% on your entire order. Outstanding.
1: Mm-hmm. Is uh, I feel weird asking about this. Maybe we should have talked about it beforehand. But is Audible still a sponsor?
0: Yeah, I haven't got rid of that yet.
1: Fantastic! Since <laughs> Audible is still a sponsor, you should head over to audibletrial.com dot com slash freaknet and sign up for a free thirty day trial and a credit towards your first audiobook program uh, purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of fantastic books on audible.com. I believe that they're up to like 6 million titles that you can choose from, which means that there are like hundreds of thousands of authors. There are great professional readers. There are also some probably some crappy ones out there because I'm sure that they just uh, allow anybody to upload whatever. But, uh, you know, go to audibletrial.com slash freaknet and you can listen to basically whatever you want for free at least once. For 30 days. It's fantastic. So head to com slash freaknet and get this year started right.
3: With your free trial. Good job, Joe. Thank you.
0: All right. Uh, Clint, uh, I guess I'm just going to ask you real quick. Uh, we're going to finish up our segment and close out the show. Did you want to hang around while we did that? Do you need to go? Or... No, I can't. I can I can hang while we do that. Perfect. Excellent. So uh we do a new segment every single season. Uh this uh season we're doing the uh get your shit together. Again, uh news articles, anything going on in your life, whatever it is, if we find something that we're not agreeing with, we're gonna bring it onto the show, we're gonna talk about it for a little bit, and then we're of course going to tell them at the end to get their shit together. Joe, um I'm going to let you go first. Uh and tell me what you believe needs to get their shit together. You know like I like I said before
1: I had previously planned on doing something else. Mm-hmm. And whatever it was that I had planned is completely driven from my mind by the fact that Skype did not record our first opening conversation of about 20 minutes. Yeah. Skype I am begging you. After three Follow Your Star awards, where you basically got a wag of my finger, get your shit together. Get it to fucking together. You are the oldest, popular mass vocal and video conferencing app. You're the one that I used. The very first time I needed to do a long distance call over the Internet. What the fuck happened to you?
3: What happened? Who hurt you? (laughs) Get your shit together. That's all I have to say. Travis,
0: who have you got tonight? Who needs to get your shit together? Here's the thing, Joe. um. The first, the first, uh, the first thing that uh came to mind actually happened while I was in a McDonald's drive-through, and I know what you're thinking, ice cream machine, right? But this isn't it. Typically, yes. So, I love holidays. I love the Christmas time, mostly because you know fast food places have some like Christmas themed fucking foods. Oh yeah. Uh, and and they one make that thing, green mm-hmm. pie at McDonald's. So here's the thing. I wanted the eggnog shake. And they don't have an eggnog shake anymore. What? It's gone. They got holiday pies. Get your shit together. Right. Which don't get me wrong. The holiday pies are phenomenal. Now there are times where I would go through drive through and get a holiday pie and I'd ask for two because they do sell them by the pair. And they didn't even have two. It was upsetting. But the thing that upset me the most was knowing. For my love of eggnog and knowing that the eggnog shake at McDonald's is fan-fucking-tastic and it's not an option, it's upsetting to me. I don't think it's right. I know that McDonald's has gone through a lot of issues, being whether it be their ice cream machine never working in in, a fucking Sunday evening, or the fact that they're officially saying the McRib is gone forever. Forever? Yeah. Yeah. that one hurt? Yeah, this was the last year for the McRib. Why? Because they need people to want it to come back like Taco Bell did with the fucking pizza. Oh, uh, just McDonald's, do your own thing. Why you yeah. got to be like Taco Bell? Right? Right. Now, we'll say, Taco Bell, now, make your own McRib taco. I'll order it. <laughs> taco Bell's apple empanadas are ten times better than McDonald's apple pies. I will say it. I will fight for that very cause. But at the end of the day, what McDonald needs to do is get their shit together and give me an eggnog shake. Yep, straight. Clint, who needs to get their shit together? Yeah. Yeah, Clint. We got. I know I didn't tell you ahead of time we were doing this, but I, I'm sure you got one on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Um
2: for me, uh honestly, it's a lot within the medical, you know, like doctor's offices, it's like, seriously, get off your ass and, like, you know, fill out the paperwork that you are requested to. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, like, I'm in the process of trying to go for, you know, short-term disability, because I need to be paid for when I was in the hospital and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, you know, doctor's offices dragging their feet, I'm gonna make some noise tomorrow when I'm there. Sure. Um, You know, and it's like, it's like, seriously, get your shit together because I sh- shouldn't have to do that.
1: Yeah. Look, uh, another thing on doctor's offices, if I'm five minutes late, you motherfuckers cancel my appointment. If you're half an hour late, you expect me to still be
0: there. How insane is that? Get your shit together. Yeah. How insane is it? Like, if I show up on time for a fucking doctor's appointment and I'm sitting in that room for 25 fucking minutes before you call me back, it's like, I'm sorry. Make my appointment for thirty minutes later. Then, yeah. like, you guys you guys sit there and think, it's like it's like the reverse of a fucking cable guy coming to your fucking house. Yeah, it's, it's like he's gonna be he's gonna be there between three and five. Cool. Then he shows up at like four forty five. Just barely makes it in. But then you go to a doctor. You want to set your appointment for fucking noon, and it'll get you in there to a quarter to fucking one. Like are you like like how mad is Like I'm sorry, fucking make your fucking plans. Have yep. more than one fucking doctor. So dumb. And I get it. Maybe sometimes people take longer than expected. but you know what? Take that person, find out what's wrong with them, move them to another fucking room because those back rooms are just secondary fucking waiting rooms anyways. and get the next express assessment. When I worked at Trans Chicago, when I worked for Freightliner, we had a we had an express lane where we got shit in figured out what the code was, said this is what we need to do, let's move on to the next fucking one. And that's what you need to do for fucking people.
1: Yeah. Bring it back. When I worked in the GI lab at Evanson Hospital uh, as staff support, they would literally have, like, like uh, you got to call this person two or three times, and if they don't answer by the third time, we're going to cancel their appointment. And it's like, okay, that sucks. They're going to be mad about it, and they're going to yell at me when they show up. Uh, but also there was this one doctor who was always, always at least 15 minutes late to show up for the day. She would show up and she wouldn't even be dressed yet in her work scrubs and her like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, lab coat and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it would be like, what, like, what is wrong with you? Because like, like, do you just not understand that we cancel appointments that are 15 minutes late, but you feel okay doing that? You know, and then there was one day where I I will forgive her for it personally. uh She was 45 minutes late, but it was because of traffic. And that's like, that's a legitimate reason. But then you need to also yeah. extend that same courtesy to your customers. Yeah. You know, as as, yeah. as long as we're stuck with basically for-profit health care, even though like hospitals are technically nonprofits, then the customer should come first. And, um, you know, I'm a customer, so treat me because I'm here.
0: Yeah, fucking assholes.
1: Or make it free and nationalize it. Shit. Then I'll come whenever. I don't give a fuck. All right. I te- well, my taxes are paying for it. I'm not. I'm not
0: charged a, a, when I show up for four hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> anyway, I digress.
0: Well, <laughs> we we mentioned Hawkeyes. We mentioned Jeremy Renner. We mentioned hospitals. So, uh, uh, before we say our goodbyes, uh, I just wanna. Let Jeremy Renner know that, uh, you're, uh, that you are in our thoughts and prayers here on this freaking show for a speedy recovery from the accident that, uh, you were in on Sunday. Uh, I believe he's still in the ICU. Uh, had several surgeries, hopefully recovering soon. Uh, unfortunate accident. For sure. Helping a friend
1: out snow plowing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, Damar Hamlin. Yeah. the, The Bills player who collapsed last night. Uh, we're thinking of you and your family.
0: There, there has been there has been a lot of weird celebrity incidents that have happened. Not even like in the last couple of days, but like in nearly like the last month. Yeah, two drummers have died
1: in the last in the last yeah. few days already. Couple, Otis Mouse
0: yeah. and uh, somebody else. Yeah, I think there was a brief period where Kanye West and Britney Spears were missing. Um, there was an influencer that got arrested. Um, I can't. Was it who's the who's who's the uh, the female uh, news anchor who passed away? Oh, Barbara Walters. Yeah, yeah. It, it the ending of 2022 was not that fucking good. And There's I, I do
1: Pope want, Benedict the 16th. Yes, that again,
0: yeah.
1: Child molesting supporting guy.
0: Right. It, I don't want to blame the fact that we took two weeks off, but none of this shit happened when we were recording shows. That's true. That is so, true. I'm not saying as one of the fucking say, but ah, uh, you know, but yeah, no, it, it's been a fucked up last couple, uh, couple weeks and everything, but yeah, thoughts and prayers, uh, to, uh, to, uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, Joe, you just said the football player's name, uh, Damar Hamlin. Damar Hamlin. Yeah. So, uh, it's been fucking crazy. Uh, but we are into a new year. Which means, uh, we got, we got new shit coming out. We got, uh, we got a new cemetery vlog that's going to be happening, uh, during, uh, this freaky show in October. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do our, our board meeting like we planned. So we definitely got scheduled for that because we do got to figure some things out. True, true. Um, we're,
1: we're probably going to have another show this year on the network. I'm excited about it. At least one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's
0: a, that's a, that's a big one. And here's the, here's the thing, Joe, and I, I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday, uh, I think through, again, I can't remember if it was yesterday or someday. Here's my thing. I want to tell you what my freaking thinking is, and then I want to kind of continue this real quick. So, uh, here's my freaking thinking. Um I officially started my, my better life of 2023, uh, the dieting, uh, figuring out the workout plan. I haven't started the workout plan yet, but I'm, I'm figuring it out so I can hopefully start next week. But I already started the dieting, which uh part of that is the eight sixteen fasting. So um I am hangry as fuck. Oh no shit. <laughs> because I'm so fucking hungry. But the problem is, and this is how I know I'm fat. Not besides the fact that I don't see my penis when I take a leak, but the fact that I the last time I ate was only six hours ago and I am fucking starving. And knowing yeah. that I can't eat again until eight A.m. But the thing is I'm committing to it because I know it fucking works. <laughs> so so I'm hangry, but I'm also kind of like scatterbrained. And I think that's has to do with the fact that I feel like I don't have enough nutrients in my body. But I do know I do because I'm following my macros and I'm putting everything into my fitness pal. So I'm committing right. to it. I'm on keto again. I'm fucking loving it. It's only been three days. But just those three days alone, <clears throat> I have a, 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 like a better feeling of myself in just three days of fasting, uh, two days of keto. I didn't start keto on January 1st because I know who I am. <clears throat> but I just feel great. And one of those feelings I had is the idea of going to church more. Oh, like yeah. I, there's a church that I, there's a church in my town that I fell in love with. I hated the fact that I wasn't going to it. Um, but I'm making it a point to go to it in 2023. I want to find I I have a relationship with God. But I want to have a stronger connection with it. And sure. I want to do that through my community and the church that I want to go to, uh, is, is a great community. It's a, uh, contemporary, uh, church style. It's not traditional, yep, yep, uh, yep. which, which is more me. I like, I like more of the, I don't want to say casual, more of like, I guess laid back way of, what church could be um as well as the christian rock songs i fucking love nothing against hymns and traditional churches i think they're amazing as well especially christmas you don't Uh, gotta
1: defend it to me i'm i totally get it
0: yeah christmas services at traditional churches fucking are amazing um fun fact side note i've been talking to this girl on online dating who's also a big believer in god and faith and everything she goes to a traditional church So there's a balance there. She's pretty fucking cool. We'll see if, we'll see what happens with it. She, she's still talking to me. So that's a positive. So we'll see. But for the first three days of this year, I have been in the best mood I have been in. (laughs) And I want to say six months. And I will, I will lot of that too. First off, my, my own belief in what I know I could do. So I'm building myself back up. A strong faith in God that I know he appreciates, I think he's kind of returning that hey, good job, you know like you know like we get like a little like a little uh like a little fist like you know like a little a, a, a lovable punch to the cheek by like a that a go slugger kind of thing yeah
1: yeah yeah, sure
0: I, I feel like Jesus is doing that to like, hey, where to go, kid you nice. know um but this this okay. right here, I was so excited knowing that this week I was back on j f w on this freaking show. Got more excited when Clint was available to come on, but knowing that we have ideas for 2023 that's going to go above and beyond, I believe, anything we've done before. We're taking, yes. we're taking the classics. We're taking this freaky show and, and, uh, the, the cemetery vlogs and we're adding more to what we already do. Part of that is, you know, again, bringing guests back, getting more guests on, talking more real shit. Like again, we spent, well, you guys did a majority of the show talking about ADHD. Yeah. You know, and it's phenomenal. It's awesome. We could do stuff like that because I want to do stuff like that. You know, it, it, things like that need to be common conversation with people. Yeah. You know, Especially men, I think. Yeah. It's not the eighties and nineties anymore where people look at it like it's a fucking disease because it's yeah. not, you know, um, so. I guess I really don't have to continue on from that, but the thing is like, I'm really happy with where I'm at just within the three days and I I pray to God and I, I believe in myself just enough to where I feel we could keep writing this feeling. Nice. So But Joe, what are you freaking thinking about? Am I freaking thinking about? It's not like I've had plenty
1: of time to think about it. No. I am. Um, I I've been reading again, which is um you know it doesn't sound like it should be a big deal but uh throughout the the pandemic i just i've struggled to read and yeah. you know in in 2020 i had uh there were a couple of of months where i had no problem reading like the percy some of the percy jackson books which have been fantastic mm-hmm. and then uh late last year i read a bunch of the um the dresden files books but like i just i keep going these long stretches without reading enough and i yeah. um i i started this book called the uh the ministry for the future which mm-hmm. um uh if you're looking for a happy read uh skip it find something else to read but uh <laughs> it it starts off with with like some of the, one of the most miserable chapters of a book I've ever read in my entire life and uh but I'm I'm about halfway through it it's been fantastic so uh if you're if you're looking for a book if if, if you're one of the people who's worried about climate change like I am Uh, and not everybody is, and I recognize that. But if you're, if it's something you're worried about, I have found it to be a tremendously hopeful book, despite the very first chapter, which is maybe the most just depressing thing I've ever read in my life. Um, but you you get past that first chapter, it's fantastic. I really enjoy it. The Ministry for the Future by, I believe it's, um, it's, it's Kim something. Mm The Ministry for the Future. So Kim what, Stanley you, Robinson. If you, you
0: find if you find a link to where they can pick it up, uh share it on our Facebook page.
1: Oh, that's a great idea. Um, oh yeah. but it's 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 great. I found it at my local library. That's where I'm reading it, is on um the Libby app. Um hmm. but it's it's good. It's a good book. And then I also I got a book for Christmas called The Dog Who Was There, which is um it's it's a book about a dog that was there when Jesus was crucified. And uh, uh, as far as books go, it is the most hallmark movie book I've ever read. But uh, you know, it was a really comforting, overall comforting way to start the new year. I, I finished it uh, a couple days ago and uh, or maybe yesterday actually. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was around midnight uh, Monday morning. I finished it. and it, I enjoyed it. it was uh, it was fine. It is not a book that I would necessarily recommend to people, but it's not a book that I would tell you not to read. It's fine. I enjoyed it. I gave it three stars on my Goodreads. Uh, if you really like dogs, if you think that, that the behavior of dogs is adorable, it's a good book. I really liked that part. Uh, if you're into Jesus, it's a good book as there's some Jesus stuff. If, uh, if you're not into either of those things, fucking read something else. I don't give a shit. I'm not your dad. You know, read read what you like. But uh but I enjoyed it. It was a nice kind of fluffy way to start the new year and and having it it's nice to start the new year and have a book under my belt already. So, I'm I'm feeling good about that. I feel like I'm going to I'm going to my goal for this year is to read 50 books. So, I'm I'm feeling good about the direction the year is taking so far in terms of the number of books I'm going to read. So, uh it would be it would be a huge step forward for me. I haven't read that many books probably since I was in seminary. So Yeah. Uh Clint, what do you what are yeah. you freaking thinking about this week? Bring it home. Okay. Well
2: um I've been thinking a lot about games that you know that I wanna try to stream just because I'm trying to sort of re energize and revitalize things with uh with my stream, so there's there's a lot of games that I've been kind of putting together and things that I'm like really excited to like to start streaming and start playing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is stuff that I've wanted to stream. Well, but the mo- but the funniest one though, you guys remember earlier when I uh, said that I got a thing with clowns and I don't do clowns and I hate clowns. Yes. Well, there's one movie that I'm able to watch that has clowns in it, and that's Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Nice.
3: They're making a video game on it, which is supposed to release this spring. Nice.
2: So I've been following a lot of development um for that. Like there was uh some like music from the game that they just recently Put out like they like reworked like the title the game from the movie. Um, like a couple days ago, they just released uh, like a like a trailer for uh, the upcoming Scream Six movie.
3: Just, I'm I'm starting to get excited about some of the games and stuff that I'm going to be doing. You know. Yeah, so,
2: nice. Um, I'm just I'm just ex- especially because this past year kind of I took a hit the, and the the whole reasoning is that I I took a hit this past year uh, with, as far as content creation. Sure. Um
1: last year was a weird year on that front. I'm I'm with you.
2: There was yeah, there was, there was a lot of health stuff. Um I just moved in November. Um, My previous roommate was oh. a very un- unpredictable and loud alcoholic.
1: Uh, just what you need in your life, generally. Brother. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I was able to move out of there in mid-November into where I'm at now, which is a much better situation. Um, but, like, there were streams that I had missed, and I could like couldn't decide on, like, things that I wanted to try to do and stuff, but just seeing what's out there and getting
3: sort of that sense of direction back has just been exciting for me. Nice. Good, good,
1: good for you. Congratulations. I have a very sarcastic tone of voice. I mean this sincerely. I know you clear. So, yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Uh,
0: I enjoyable first show of the year. Travis, is there anything else? To wrap uh no. us up? like I said, uh I I enjoyed hearing you guys kind of talk about uh ADHD. Like I said, and I think it's phenomenal that we're in a world where we could do stuff like that. You know, it sucked at, you know, you look at it what, ten, twelve, fifteen, fuck even maybe even five years ago, Leo, like Things like that can be looked at as weakness, and I think it's bullshit that that was ever a thing. Yeah.
1: Well, I – you know, that reminds me – I was going to mention this earlier, but like um, – you know, like uh, Michael Phelps, the most gold, well, gold, gold medal winningest mm-hmm. swimmer of all time, uh, probably has ADHD. I believe he actually was diagnosed with ADHD, and yes. his parents, instead of getting him medicine – had him start swimming and that's where he burned off a lot of his extra energy, got a lot of his dopamine to like function throughout the day. And I can remember when he was in the olymp, like just after those Olympics had ended, uh, I was at somebody's house for Christmas and one of, one of our uncles came up and was was like listening to us talk about it. And we were just sort of nonchalant. Not, I don't think it was you and I, it might've been me and our cousin, Josh, we mm-hmm. were just nonchalantly talking about how he had treated his ADHD by becoming basically the world's greatest swimmer of all time. Yeah. And uh and he was just like I don't understand he he's a national hero. I don't understand why you have to talk about him like he's got this disorder. And I was like it, it's not that he has the disorder, it's th- this disorder is why he's the greatest swimmer of all time. Yeah. Like it's it's actually it's actually a superpower in his mm. case. Yeah. So, I'm with you. I totally agree. Yeah.
0: Clint, uh, we mentioned that you do have a show that you put on through Twitch. Tell people how they can find you on Twitch, when they can uh, watch the show and all that.
2: Okay. Uh, We are Brain Pong Podcast. We go every other Saturday around 6 p.m. Central. Uh, I'd usually say more 6.15. But, uh
0: but you, it is it is all video right? it's not just still shots of yeah. you guys yeah
2: yeah yeah it's it's full video, our next episode is uh, next Saturday the fourteenth um because our last recorded episode was uh new year's eve
0: uh, Now, is brain ba- brain pong podcast yeah. is it a brain with different arrows pointing in different directions? yes, cool. you just got a new follower, bud, Oh, I just. So so, whatever happened to the Vengeful Jedi Twitch? Did, is this revamped? Because I know I used to follow you on Twitch, and I don't have it anymore. And I was
2: going to say, I'm, I, I'm still on there. I
0: don't know and why. And I, did, I still, you, did, did you ban me or some shit? Is that what you did? Did you kick I me would, off of your page? You'd, I would not have done that. Motherfucker, you know I wouldn't have done that. I know. I'd hate to have to fucking reject you. No, the... I'm just kidding, but you know I love you.
2: There have been... I know, I love you too. But no, uh-huh. Twitch does have this thing random, like weird, random glitch where sometimes it will unfollow people from each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it was doing some really weird shit earlier today too. Like, there was somebody that was on my following list and I clicked it, but when I went into their into their stream... It said I wasn't following them. Um not like like the there were servers and stuff that went down, it turned out. Um they were able to fix it, but no. Um I do my game streaming at on um, you know twitch.tv slash vengeful Jedi. The podcast is at bring uh twitch.tv slash brain pong podcast. Yeah. Um we're just starting to release uh, audio only episodes, and I know
3: we're on Apple, I think Google, and Spotify. Nice, perfect,
0: perfect. And those are the big ones. Spotify's coming huge for podcasts, fucking huge, dude. It it's easier now
2: to get mm-hmm. a podcast or something onto Spotify than it was previously.
0: What, when I started Podbean, I had to fucking do all these forms and RSS feeds and all this bullshit to get onto iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Now Podbean is set up to all you gotta do is just go to, uh, is basically just clicking two different fucking buttons on Podbean alone and they automatically send that shit over to iTunes and Google Podcasts and pretty much do it for you. Blows my fucking mind. I was like, really? I had to go through all this bullshit just to make something work. And now you get two clicks of a fucking button? Assholes. But Clint, I do appreciate you coming on the show, spending time with us. Um I I would love it that it's uh the season premiere episode. Uh I'm really excited for twenty twenty three, like I mentioned again. Uh like I said, me and Joe got some more talking to do. Uh Possibly, you know, uh releasing a, a new podcast uh coming here on Freakness Studios. Um, Clint, I mentioned it to you. Uh I extend the invitation to you as well as I did to the Babes of Lore. If you guys ever look for a network you want to be a part of, Freakness Studios would love to have you. Um, yeah, like I said, you you've been you've been a friend with me, you've been a friend to me since the beginning of this. Uh twenty fifteen. We're looking at seven years we've known each other. Wow. So, you know, obviously any, any, anything I could do to help you out, uh, I want to do that. Uh, um, I'm going to encourage you guys to make sure you check out his show over on Twitch and also check it out on audio, um, uh, wherever you can find your podcast. So I do appreciate it. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching this freaking show. And you can find our shows when they are released on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean just by searching this freaking show. Guys, that's all I got, so as always, I am Travesty. I'm Cartoon Joe. I'm Vince O'Day. <laughs> and thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show.
3: I'm out.